Welcome to the Museum Podcast. This is episode number 28, and I'm Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. For this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with photographer Dave Jackson. Now, many of you are probably expecting this to be a live podcast, but I janked up the recording, so I apologize. So me and Dave actually had to re-record it last night. So everybody that showed up to the live podcast, you got a little bit of a special treat. But unfortunately, we can't listen back to that recording again. Uh, so me and Dave did a little something different this time. We actually kind of went very unscripted and just had a conversation. Um, I really did not go through any planned questions like I normally do. And uh, we just kind of get it real and have a chat, essentially. Um, so I think it's different, but I think it's really good. And I think you guys will like it. Uh, it's very honest and um, very uh, very raw. So... Yeah, so that's uh, that's the conversation we had, and before we get into um, the podcast with Dave, I just wanted to remind everybody about the Museum Gathering. Uh, yesterday, we had a really good day, actually, probably the best day we've had since uh, we, uh, we started the campaign. So yesterday, I think we had $1,300 worth of tickets sold, and um, I feel like the momentum is just getting started because we're on the countdown phase now. We've got um, about 20 days left to make this happen and so we're right now we're at like ten thousand five hundred twenty five dollars and we got to get up to fifteen hundred or hundred and fifteen thousand dollars so we can make this happen it's very 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 doable um i've been throwing out kind of a challenge to people that are in australia canada and great britain i would love to get a hundred people from each of those countries to buy the web attendance perk which is a hundred dollars each if we can get those three countries to get at least a hundred people to buy the hundred dollar perk that's 300 people total, and that equals an additional $30,000 that'll go towards the campaign, which is obviously a huge, huge boost. I mean, that's almost 25% of our entire goal right there, just in those online sales. And then the, from there, then we really just need to sell out the $500 workshops and the $1,000 workshops. Uh, and if we do that, this thing is funded, and it's official, and we are rolling. So uh, let's keep the momentum going, keep spreading the word through Twitter, Facebook, blog it make a video i don't care just get the word out on this thing um and just send people to uh, the bit.ly link which is bit.ly slash my and that'll take them right there to it um yeah uh, i really want to make a difference in this industry uh i think this education event uh will do that and if we can get this thing funded then we will um do a proper site next year for the second uh annual gathering and we won't have all this crowdfunding uh, thing to kind of go off of. So this is kind of a one-time thing. And if you want to see this happen in the industry, then we have 20 days to make it happen. And I think we can do it. I know we can do it, but I'm going to need your help. So anything you can do to help push us along is much appreciated. Um, yeah, so that's it. So thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast. And I hope you enjoy uh, our candid conversation with Dave Jackson. Thanks. Dave Jackson, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? Good to be back again. <laughs> um, <laughs> once, <laughs> once again. Yeah. So for like full disclosure <laughs> of everybody, uh, <laughs> I flew up to Dave's studio last weekend and um, we did a live podcast and all that and I talked about Musea. And, uh, it was did, a great podcast. It was, it, it was fantastic. It was, a, it was, I think, it was the best podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can redo it. <laughs> um, we can. We'll make it amazing. But I, uh, yeah, I fudged the recording of it because I've never recorded live with two tracks out of GarageBand before, and uh, 
needless to say, we had it set up and tested it, and it was working. And then when I went back, when we actually did the recording, I forgot to test it just to double check. And then when I did the playback, it was whacked out. It was totally wrong. <laughs> so it's unusable. So we're doing this again. Round <laughs> <Found> two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but we're going to try a little something different tonight where me and Dave are just going to chat and we're going to see how this goes. So it should be, should be fun. So I've got a uh, margarita in hand and Dave has his PBR, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's trademark. People like identify me by that, which I know. Not really a good thing. <laughs> well, really, it's not like I just have a constant supply going into me on a regular basis. So, <laughs> right. I think uh, if you stopped drinking PBR and you lost the beer, people would not know how to handle you. They would. No, like, they wouldn't. They wouldn't know who I am. Yeah, your brand authenticity would go <laughs> through the toilet. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, what's new in Dave's world, man? What are you doing? How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, good. I think we're finally settling down from a crazy past month and a half of shooting, which is nice. I'm just like right now playing catch up, which is pretty awesome to finally get caught up because it feels like I've been buried for a long time, but it's just part of it, you know? Yeah. So other than that, just trying to enjoy what's left of the summer and my kids, uh, being at home for summer break. So, mm. Yeah. Our kids go back in a couple weeks, so I uh, know how that's kind of how you're feeling, man. That's good. Yeah. You're busy, though. I mean, it's better than not being busy, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, as much as once in a while, I'll just kind of like grumble about, oh, I'm so busy and I have all this stuff going on and you know all this work. I mean, I guess right now I'm lucky that the fruits of our labor, if you will, like our marketing agenda um, in the commercial markets, kind of. It's, it's paying off. So I really have nothing to complain about. I, I've been busy, and um, it's been our best year so far. So Which is nice. Because yeah. you're, I mean, full-time commercial now, yeah? Yep. Uh, yeah, I would say full-time. That's the majority of what we do. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's it's been a good ride so far. The transition, anyways, was kind of chaotic, but this past year we've, kind of jumped into it full bore so yeah are you shooting mostly like especially even the past couple of months are you shooting mostly like local type stuff or is it, are, you, um, are you getting to work from other places yeah well as local as it can be well le we have a limited amount of like local stuff but we're shooting um well in june we shot uh three campaigns for major brands and um but we all we shot it locally uh, there are agencies, from, and one agency in particular from Milwaukee that brought us on for three separate um, campaigns, which is pretty cool. Um, but other, like that's like the mainstay of like, you know, that's, how should I say this? It's what we can thrive off of for a year. Um, but then we have all these cool other projects that come up like within the music industry and editorial stuff, uh, magazine cheese, that kind of stuff that, that pops up that um, fills up our schedule pretty fast. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to, to, to see it all kind of come together after, um, three years of trying to make the transition from like weddings to, um, commercial work. So hmm. it hard work, I think pays off. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Three, I mean, three years is tough. I mean, uh, what, 2010, I was kind of dabbling with kind of pushing into commercial stuff. Um, and I just started to dabble with it for maybe like six months. And uh, I kind of realized at that point how much work it would take to actually successfully make that turn. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a lot. So you've been working your tail off. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's interesting because I, I kind of look at it in two ways. Um, one way I look at it is I can like go into the commercial market and hit like a very specific, um, a very specific, like I want to shoot, um, you know, I don't know, dogs wearing fashionable clothes. Yeah. And that's why I am as a photographer. Um, 
and we didn't really do that. We kind of hit a broad range of we just want the work, and I think as we progress, um, we can, um, you know, we, we can hit a hit a uh, we can although we're hitting a broader range, we can define what we're doing. On the flip side to that, I think that um, the work that I that I have been doing, which is is tougher for me. Like my style that I put out there in my portfolio is a very, very specific look. It's like it's people, it's has a, you know kind of a more of a polished produced look. So it's kind of works against each other. But you know we're just not going real specific. Um, we're also um, you know we're kind of hitting that right now. We're hitting that broad range of of potential clients. So yeah, which is I mean, are you targeting like? Magazines and ad agencies primarily. Uh, my like where we're where we're going very specifically is to the advertising world, like yeah. ad agencies. Um, but we're also getting a lot of work, um, music, and magazine stuff. Um, you know that we're kind of that kind of fills in the gaps. Um, the music stuff I've always loved shooting bands. Um, I kind of consider like where I want to be is um, shooting. Mainly uh, entertainment work and advertising. I mean, that's like my end goal. Um, but we're also getting a lot of editorial stuff, which I do really, really love. You know, to shoot that, shoot magazine work, and you know, anything that comes our way, we're pretty much grabbing right now. We're, yeah. we're seizing the opportunity. You know, so not to get like into specific personal numbers or anything, but I mean, is it? Have you found that like editorial stuff is just kind of in the you hear a lot of people saying, "Ah, oh, it's in the tank financially. You're not getting paid jack to do that or whatever. Is it just something that's more a great portfolio builder versus pays the bill kind of thing? Or how's that it, working versus like ads? Well, in my bigger. Yeah. Uh, well, my take on it is that with um, some of the, the editorial stuff, it's definitely not as much money. You know, people that want to go into editorial work, um, just from the year and a half that I've been shooting that type of stuff, um, you know, you, you go from a place of shooting a wedding, and, and maybe you're making um, three or four thousand dollars for eight hours of actual shooting and all the other, you know, uh, work that goes along with it. But you know, we're making if you're not shooting a cover of a magazine, you're making substantially less, and you're you're also putting in quite a bit of work with it too, pre-production. And then hiring assistants and all your costs and everything and um, time and travel. So the money isn't as good. It can be if you get the right publication, um, or if you land the right pub publication, or you know you align yourself with those with those clients. But um, in the end, I think a good thing for us is that we're able to like turn out some really really good portfolio um, pieces, surprising portfolio pieces, and it's not. You know, essentially, this crazy conceptual work. It's just straightforward editorial shots, but I still love grabbing those shots. You know, it's uh, great portfolio pieces for me. So there, there, there's a good trade off there. I mean, um, you know, we're, we're getting a portfolio or a, excuse me, a editorial job um, about once every month and a half right now, which is cool for being in Wisconsin, little old Wisconsin. So, yeah, Appleton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's good. I would, um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of photographers here in Nashville that I know they're trying to do commercial stuff. Most of it's more fashion oriented. There seems to be a lot of photographers here that really want to get into the fashion industry for shooting. And it seems like the plan that people have to do here is they shoot and they build a portfolio but then if they get pretty serious about it for the most part, they typically feel like they have to move to like New York um, to be close to the scene of everything. Uh, so I was curious how you felt, if you ever felt like you're going to have to move as you get into more entertainment stuff, you know? It's a potential. Yeah. And that's something that I have to kind of come to terms with, but... Um, you know, so much of what's happening now is either I'm getting the work locally, um, and believe it or not, even in Wisconsin, there's there's some agencies that have some huge clients. Um, so I'm getting that work um, on a local level, but at the same time, 
like a lot of my work that I've been doing for the re uh, this record label, Eleven Seven Music, out of New York City. I mean, they're sending me to LA and New York and Dallas and St. Louis. So um, budget dependent, you know, we're able to 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 travel, and I'm not opposed to that. I just don't want to be that photographer that's constantly um, on the road. You know, I don't want to always be away from my family every single week. And if that ever happened, you know, if I needed to be to uh, be in a, in a bigger market, by all means, you know, we reevaluate that. But in all sincerity, I mean, we have Milwaukee. It's an hour and a half um, from us. Uh, it's another hour um, south of Milwaukee to Chicago. So we're in a pretty good place. And we also have Minneapolis. Granted, it's four hours away, but you know, um, reaching those markets, um, it's, it's fairly accessible. And I think that instead of, for us personally, focusing on trying to market to New York and um, Los Angeles agencies, um, we're kind of thinking just the immediate Midwest, Chicago, Minneapolis, and, and Milwaukee is, is the markets that we really want to be working in. So, you know, if, if I'm getting enough work through you know, a particular agency, say, um, Chicago, you know, where I'm constantly in Chicago. Yeah, of course I'd, um, consider that, that move, that transition. So, yeah. How have you, one of the things that when I was considering moving into commercial work was, uh, pricing structure is so crazy different. Mm hmm how have you learned to do that? Is that something just like Trevor handles or whatever? Or I know you're like with Wonderful Machine now. So, I mean, do you just lean on them for that kind of assistance? We really don't. We've, we've had a job, like our first major um, brand job that we did in June. Uh, actually, I think it was the end of May or early June. Um, we actually, we, we didn't know. We were all, because we had, with a, with a specific job, we had to, um, in order to get the job, we had to sign an NDA. And... Um, so we didn't know a lot about the job, a general idea of what it was. So we contacted the rep there um, at Wonderful Machine, who, and they've been really, really good to us. Um, but they, uh, you know, they kind of um, gave us a general idea, but their idea of their, you know, pricing on a national level might not be, you know, exact to what is realistic and based on budgets. And right now, you know, if I'm gonna I'm not really in a place to turn down like a forty or fifty thousand dollar job, so you know I kind of it's it's we're flexible with it. But for the most part, um, Trevor and I bid out um, the jobs. You know, collectively we we decide on you know what we need to price ourselves at. But I think so many people are like, well, I'm so and so photographer, and I command said price, and we're not really in that market anymore you know I think it's uh, agencies aren't paying out as much money as they used to and there's tighter budgets and there's you know there's there's different uh, constraints that they're under so you have to be flexible within budget like do you want the job or do you want to go and you know stare into your studio space all day so you know <laughs> it's not, not to say that I'm like underpricing myself because we've definitely in the last year value what our day rate is considerably but um you know like just it's finding that happy medium and and usually you know i can work within their means but i'm not going to sell myself short i don't know if that question at all no that's good and i didn't know if you like try to pull from a certain resource to learn no. the kind of pricing or if you just figured out like what your costs are and what you need to make it and then they just went off that a lot of blood sweat and tears um you got to, especially, you know, a bigger, uh, a local job for us uh, there, you know, if you're dealing with a, a company out of central Wisconsin, you can't, it's, I, I mean, you, you can like go after like licensing and per image usage, usage, usage fees, but I mean, they just, they're smaller budget companies and they're like, usage, what, you know, fees, I don't know, what, what's this all about? Um, larger major brands on a national scale, I mean. Yeah, that's when that stuff, in my opinion, really comes into play. You know, what markets is, you know, where, where's my work going to be displayed? And, you know, what's the, you know, how's it going to be used? Um, how long is it going to be used? And, you know, certain companies may buy out entire rights of images. Yeah. 
it's all stuff that stresses me out. I, <laughs> I know, man. I'm with it with you. Yeah, that was. It's a hard. It's a hard stuff to learn versus like, because you know, pricing for weddings is completely different than pricing for commercial stuff. So, completely different. And it's uh, especially if it's a bigger company. I mean, um, you just got to be. You just you have to do your homework. You absolutely have to do your homework. And um, you know, we've done a lot of research. We're not. We're not throwing darts on a dartboard here every day. I mean, we're constantly digging into something. And, you know, if we're not, if I'm not working on something, I'm, you know, digging into the creative end of things or Trevor's researching bidding and, you know, looking at what other folks are doing out there. So we're constantly, you know, our, our mind's always in the game. So um, it's kind of nice to go home on the weekends and forget about it. <laughs> so. Yes. Saturday's off. Uh, that's funny. The um, general question is kind of, I really just kind of want to know maybe where you're at now, headspace as an artist, especially with your photography. I mean, where do you feel like, at least just, you know, in the past few months, what what are some of the things that been rattling in your head and where you're at regarding just your work, I guess, in general? That's a very broad question, but. It really, really is. Um, me personally, and I'm going to talk about the last like two weeks. Is I feel, I honestly, and I'm going to be very candid with what I'm going to say here is, bring it. <laughs> all I want to do is like keep my head down and keep my sights forward and pursue my craft. And I don't want to, I have no, I, I, I don't have any ambition anymore to be, um, I don't want to be like, oh, follow Dave Jackson on Twitter because his stuff is so riveting. You know, I just want to, I want to focus on me and I want to focus on um, my crew and my family and, and my craft and doing what I do best. And that's right now, I mean, that's all I care about. Um, I could have gone into a place where I just, um, went to the education side of the photography world and that I really love teaching um, in the photography world but it's not I want to work, I want to create I just want to like shut up and like work just shut up and work I want to, that's, that's where I want to be and um, I think that's our agenda you know um, yeah. you know other than that I want to I want to create great photos and I just feel like recently I've been um, re-inspired just through um, you know my personal life and um, you know all everything that's going on around me I just I want to get out there and shoot again and I think for the longest time I haven't really been shooting I've been shooting client jobs and personal work but I just need to go out I, I, I've discovered I need to go out and shoot for just for like me and explore different things within photography that maybe I'm not comfortable with. Get out of my, you know, get out of my safe zone. But yeah, I just want to like do my thing. Just, yeah. Yeah. It seems like most um, commercial photographers, at least the ones that I either know or try to follow or even look at, especially the ones that are extremely successful. Most of them, most of them do not play the social media blog game. Um, some of them, their sites are even, like, <laughs> not even very good or, I don't know, they're, um, they're very minimal, I guess. Uh, you can just tell that they just, they, they do their work um, and then that's it. And they're just not floating around on the internet, what, you know, internets and junk. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about the thing lately, too. And, uh, unless it's client-specific or I'm just putting some of my work out there, I'm just going to kind of drop off the map a little bit. But just less noise, you know, less talk and just more doing. And everyone's caught up in... Everyone's caught up in what's going on with the next person and what's happening on this Facebook forum and 
you know, oh, you know, what's this, you know, celeb photographer, rock star, you know, wedding photographer doing, and all this drama, and it's just, honestly, just, like, just knock it off. Like, I'm just, I just, I don't want any part of that anymore, and I always thought, like, well, I could put myself out there, and look at what I'm doing now, and look at what's happening here, and, you know, look at my work, and look at me, and look at this, and look at me, and I always thought that was, like, well, everyone else is doing that, that's what I have to do, but... You know, screw that. I just, I just need to do what I do best, and what's best for um, my team, my family, and myself. Yes. The thing that's interesting about that for me is because I feel like a lot of photographers, if they have this, they've been taught that they have to really participate on things online uh, to generate more work to get new clients um, but if you're keeping your head down and you're just working and you're not really doing a lot of stuff online I think that really goes to show that business is still ran through face to face personal relationships that you build do you find that that's true with the commercial world that you're in now it is I mean I'm not going to get hired for a job you know, if if they just like get an email promo from me or maybe a, a phone call or, you know, I, you know, they don't know if I'm a douchebag. <laughs> well, you know, like honestly, like I, I have to like, I have to like go and meet these people and let them know I'm a human and that I can like hang out as a dude. I always say that, just like hang out as a dude. Just like hang, if you can hang out, you're in. There's, and, and that's like, yeah have to know you have to like get these people to understand that that you can work with them and that you're you don't have an ego and there's so much ego and crap out there and it you know and, and false pretense like you put yourself out there in, in such a false fact you know it, it just doesn't work I mean you see that even in social media you see that people putting themselves out there is you know I'm so and so photographer and here's my blog posts and this is you know I'm guilty of that as anybody else you know but you have to actually make tangible relationships with actual human beings and be able to carry on conversations and know that you can work well with somebody else or that you can work well together based on attitudes and relationships that you build right away and sometimes it's not about you might have a great portfolio, but you might walk into a situation, you know, our, or our buyer or creative director is going to be like, wow, this guy's a real douche. <laughs> so, it's, it's two times so far. Nice. <laughs> I'll leave it. I mean, it, it just, yeah. And, and on the social, like so many people like, oh, I need to be active in other photographer in photographer to photographer communities and that's great and that's great for those resources because there's you know there this uh, the photography world doesn't come with a rule book at all and sometimes you have to mingle with other photographers to answer your questions or get feedback or you know have someone a shoulder to cry on but in the context of business in the social sphere photographer to photographer relationships don't really, I mean, if you really want to use social media or create those relationships, don't do it with other photographers. I mean, you can, you can do that in my opinion and it's useful. It's very helpful, but you know, like in the wedding world, go meet vendors, go talk to venues, DJs, um, other people within your industry and connect with those people on a personal level. And they're gonna be like, yeah, you know, hire, you know, hire so-and-so, Jane Doe photographer, because she's rad as hell, and she's not, you know, she's cool, and her work is great. You know? Does that make any sense? No, it does. Yeah, I mean, because so people many... Call it, people call it network, like other photographers. Like, yeah. I'm going to network with other photographers. Don't network with other photographers. Make some photography friends, you know, in case something happens, you have another photographer that you can work with or a backup photographer, someone you can ask questions and mentors and that stuff, but network with other vendors and just like, you know, I, 
who do I want to meet and talk with right now and have me follow and, and follow me on Twitter is ad agencies and, you know, art buyers and uh, creative directors and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's what I'm after. And if I can show them my creative process via social media, that's important. And I'm not discounting, just understand that I'm not like discounting the importance of having other photographers follow me. I like to help other photographers. I love it. And that's, you know, why I teach workshops and that's, you know, but I'm after, in the long run, I'm after the business and developing those relationships. It's something I see in the industry that it seems like a lot of photographers, um, how they handle their business, especially even like their blog posts and such. For the most part, it seems like they're trying to market to other photographers unknowingly. Like they they don't realize they're doing it, but that's all they talk about is gear or this latest photography opinion, drama or whatever. But it's not solving any problems for potential clients um, and their blog posts are you know gearhead focused and not client focused um, it's just a problem I see with a lot of photographers I don't think people do it on purpose it's just something that they talk about what they're interested in like as a photographer mm-hmm. but what they need to be talking about is what the client would be interested in does that make sense but they're so people are, um, I don't know if it's effective social media and it's kind of a narcissistic kind of thing that we're in now with culture, but people tend to talk more about their interest and their needs and dramas versus solving a problem for somebody else in an effective way, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So. And, you know, I'm, I've been guilty of that too. I mean, um, yeah, me too. But. You know, like, honestly, in all sincerity, I mean, you know, we're photographers and, you know, we're, we're not perfect people. No one's perfect, but you know, it's just, you have to reevaluate what's important and, and what your goal is and what you're after. You know, I got into a pretty, um, I got into like a pretty negative spell a while back of like, I just like everything I see on Facebook or some other photographers or they're doing this or they're doing that. And all I wanted to do is bitch about it. And I, I'm, I don't need that anymore. I mean, I'm like I said, my head's down, eyes are forward, my mouth shut, and I'm just kind of, kind of doing my thing. And I, I very easily used to get caught up in what you know, so and so is doing, or so and so is doing, and you know, I'm, I'm in a place now where I just, you know, it, it, if relationship-wise, you know, yeah, they're, I love hanging out with them, but I don't care. Like I'm interested in their work, but I mean I'm I'm concerning myself with me at the moment. Yeah, that sounds self-centered. No, I mean it's good. <laughs> I mean it's uh, there's a different kind of uh, selfishness in a way, but it's to run a successful business. I think, I mean it's just cutting out the noise and distractions from your life so you can focus on what's important for your family and your goals. I don't think that's self. I just think that's what you need to do, um, you know, versus paying attention to the soap opera that, aka the industry that's over here to the side. <laughs> right. So, um, with your work right now, where do you feel like you really need to push or progress? in terms of just kind of your artistic or creative um, expression? I mean, because obviously your your work is, has a very, you know, the highly produced type of style to it. Uh, you do some composites and some things like that, so you have some sort of otherworldly aspects sometimes uh, where you're dropping people into other scenes and different stories or whatever that you tell that way. I'm kind of interested in where you feel like your work is headed. Um, does that make sense? Now that you're a hundred percent commercial focused. These damn hard questions. <laughs> um, well, yeah. or do I, I just need to like, I mean, there's so much of what I do that I feel like currently I'm just falling into the same old trap here and there. So I need to, like, it's like every time I progress to a certain point creatively, 
I think I kind of like rust on a plateau for a while, and then I realize, well, if I don't like start to re-envision what I'm doing, then I need to, um, I need to reinvent myself or what I'm or what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, it's a tough question. I like specifically like where where I'm hung up or where I need to go and things I need to do. Um, you know, I just I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like you're getting better at like composite work, or do you feel like getting better? Uh, yeah, I'm growing with that, okay. and uh, or as four or five years ago, you know, I I knew that I could handle using one light, and then you know, a year after that, I started to integrate you know more like I'm I'm talking technical nerdy crap here, you know, more lights, and then now I think I need to like change dude's head in a photo. And then now I think I need to enhance the sky, and I've come to a place now where I'm completely creating this fake, false, false, fake world, and dropping my subjects into, and it just it's opened up a lot of doors for um, a certain amount of creativity. But at some point, it's going to be the next thing. Like I just need to move beyond where I'm at now, and I'm constantly reevaluating that all the time. You know, I mean. You know, all this stuff just fills my head constantly because I ha- that's who I have to be. I have to further myself. You know, I just don't always shut that process off when I walk out the door at sometimes midnight. But, you know, I, I-, I have to constantly be-, be thinking about that. What specifically it is, like, I don't know. I'm in a place now where I'm doing more composite work and some could say that it's going to a place where, you know, it's not actually photography, it's digital illustration or something like that. And I get that, I, I understand that, but the process always, like, like what I'm doing always originates at the very basic core of knowing what you're doing, like the basic principle of photography and how images are created and, you know, how you can connect with a client, you know. Going yeah. off of a- no. Jeez, yeah. um, there's like four questions out of that one response I want to ask you now. <laughs> go get a beer quick. Can I do that? Yeah, go get Seriously. a beer. Yeah, go. And then you, you got to keep this in the video. <laughs> right back. For the audio. Yeah. <laughs> tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. PBR number two coming up. Dave Jackson. <laughs> And everybody listening out there, we've hit the 10K mark today on the Indiegogo campaign. So we got to make this happen. 21 days, people. Let's go. We can do this. I'm back. Okay, hey. How'd it yeah. go? Is that a good trip? <laughs> um, crap. Let's see. So many. You have your headphones? You don't have your headphones on, do you? What's that? No, because I just broke them. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just broke them. That sucks. Oh no. It's just that's a part of the game. So they're in like pieces at this point. Uh, dude, I've broken like two or three headsets or, um, over the past year and a half, and it hacks me off every time. They're so cheaply made. It seems like. Yeah. It's right around the this part, right by the ears. They're like Muffin. these are muffs. I, I might have another pair. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. All right, can you? All right, there we go. Oh, hey. These are Trevor. These are Trevor's headphones. Those look nice. Well, I always put these things on the ground. Anyways, you might have to take some of that out of the. It's fine. <laughs> Awesome! It's real though. It's real. This is it's real. This is a real podcast. This is unedited and raw. Right. <laughs> this, this is what happens that I don't let people normally listen to. Yeah, I say you just keep it. Just keep it all. The good times. All right. There you go. Those headphones. I guess Trevor's headphones are now the studio headphones, which is pretty. <laughs> so, where, where were we before this incident? 
Uh, oh gosh. Well, okay. Let me backtrack. One of the things that you just touched on was actually I watched a video yesterday by Milton Milton Glaser. Do you know who he is? Graphic designer. No. He designed I'm not. the iHeart New York logo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's done. He's he's had like a crazy long career in graphic design, and he's just done a ton of work. Um, but he was being interviewed for something, and they had like a snippet um, from the interview. It's like two or three minutes long, and it was talking about creativity. And what he talked about was exactly what um, you just described in terms of where you're at, your, your process. And he was talking about, um, as a creative, especially as a working creative, uh, you work and work and work to get a place to where you can produce consistent results. And that is when you become basically hireable, is when you can produce uh, a consistent thing. Um, but the problem is, is being a creative is uh, once you can produce that consistent thing, you tend to get bored and uh, it starts to become like a job once uh, kind of that challenge isn't there anymore. And so the struggle is being able to um, still experiment, even on client jobs, um, because he said that when you're experimenting, you basically you don't know what you're doing, and that's just how you learn. It's just trial and error, and you yeah. push to you. You know, you hit like kind of the plateau is kind of the word you're using. You kind of plateau where you you can do a certain thing, and then you're you're there, but then you need to go into another world again to get to the next level which is where you're uncomfortable and you don't know really what you're doing if you're honest and uh to but be in some way you have to be able to sell that to clients um to gain their trust i guess in a way you know and so he said that was then it's kind of the nature of creativity it's just kind of this like up plateau effect up plateau effect up plateau effect and how you navigate that uh, as a working professional um, is, a, is a major major challenge, but if you're going to be satisfied and happy as a creative, that's something you have to learn how to do and get paid to do. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's awesome, and that that is like the absolute truth. Mm -hmm. I think it's a matter of like shattering that ceiling, you know, pushing that, you know, push breaking through the the ceiling. Um, and I, I think it involves a certain amount of risk. Um, you're getting hired. Um, uh, one of the one of the shoots that we recently did, big job for us, really big job. Um, we were shoot like I was hired based off my portfolio to go and shoot fairly straightforward lifestyle stuff, um, lit light stuff, you know, using uh, lighting and you know just kind of like a living room atmosphere in in this in the shoot. And um, you know, for me. I understand that that's what I get hired to do, and it might not always be the most exciting, um, aside from the fact that I, I still love working in the, in the commercial world and, and shooting this stuff. But I think that if um, throughout that, like that shoot in particular, if I can formulate, okay, this is what the client wants, and then you set your bar a little higher and say, this is what the client wants out of the shoot, and I want this out of the shoot. I need to get this shot, this shot, and this shot um, above and beyond what they want to do. And you just go for it, and you kind of take that risk. Um, either you're going to make a mistake, and it's already outside of the, you know, you could it could just like cave in on you and just a bad decision, and it didn't work out the way you wanted to, um, and then the client never uses it, but you already have the safe shots, or you could discover. And holy crap, this turned out really cool. And all of a sudden the client sees it and they're like, this is, we got all this other stuff, but this, this is really something special. You know, this is, this is really cool. And I think that if you know that you're shooting, um, if you constantly want to shoot something for yourself, even on a paid client job and are willing to take a calculated risk that you can, you, you absolutely grow creatively. And you can begin to develop new styles or 
you know, learn from what you did to implement it in a different manner. Um, but I think that that's, um, that's pretty, what you said was spot on. I mean, I, I go through that constantly. And, you know, you get hired to do a certain thing, and yeah, it can become a job, but it depends on what, in my opinion, it depends on what you or I as creatives can also bring to the table to further my portfolio, your portfolio, or ele help elevate something unexpected in a brand. And sometimes in the commercial world, there's not as much flexibility for that. Um, but you, you constantly need to be thinking about what you want to do as well as what the client needs. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Um, I think it's a good policy. I mean, I know some commercial photographers, they have kind of a one-for-one uh, -one type of policy where they'll do... Uh, I'll do a shot for you, but then I want to do a shot for me. And then if you like it, then you obviously can use it. But if not, then it might be something I just use in my portfolio. Um, and so I know some commercial photographers, they kind of negotiate that into a shoot. So it allows them to at least experiment a little bit, especially when you have maybe if you're dealing with celebrities or something, maybe you might get something that you wouldn't get otherwise, you know, um, to just kind of push the boundaries a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it might be, you know, I, I don't know because I don't have as much experience, um, you know, working with personalities like that. Say, um, like I said, once you get your safe shots, there's there's room for you to to expand your vision or kind of, you know, meet what your vision is for a specific shoot. I think that that can happen on any shoot. Um, sometimes. I'm able to take my vision a little further with um, editorial work as opposed to like straight up like advertising or mm -hmm. um, sometimes with bands. You know, some of the best shots that I've ever taken with a band has been those last shots of the day that, that last like 15 minutes, you know, depending on how drunk they get. <laughs> well, but uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, so hey, let's just try this, that kind of thing. There's no, there's no, I don't think there's ever a formula. I mean, you got to safe shots. I mean, that's, that's first your, you, you know, my, my first responsibility is to my client, but then my second responsibility is to me and my vision as a creative, you know, and I'm not, I, I never want to shoot what's expected by, you know, the general mass of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another, another tough question. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like these. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> you like them. You know you do. Um, it's kind of, I don't know. It's a, maybe a rephrasing of a very common question, but what kind of stories does Dave Jackson want to tell going forward? Um... That's a tough question. <laughs> ah. um, in uh, a workshop that I that I had just done, um, I was talking about vision, and I I have this. I, I I talked about you know my vision and what I'm doing, and the vision the vision question for me has always sucked. But um, I I say that. I'm chasing, I'm chasing the human spirit. You know, I want to chase the human spirit and, you know, dig into who people are and not what people expect, you know, not what people ex expect somebody to be. Um, That's good. It just, I, I'm, I'm chasing the human spirit and you know, I, I've kind of analyzed my work over the past couple of years and kind of came to the conclusion that you look at my portfolio, it's all people except for a few things. And, um, you know, I shoot all these portraits and I do all this editorial work and I shoot all this conceptual work and if I'm working with a model or a band or, you know, a celebrity or whatever, um, I'm trying to showcase them. But more importantly, this goes back to earlier, like, 
um, looking at the photography that I'm doing. And I've always told myself that I'm a horrible street photographer. And I never carry a camera with me. And I don't want to lug around this big Canon 1D and, you know, 24 to 70 lens because it's too much. So um, recently acquired uh, X100 from my friend Brett. And I've been shooting with it. And I've shot about 4,000 photos with it. Um, uh, things like my dad. My, you know, my dad... Um, my dad's getting older, and um, and and my parents are getting older. My mom and my dad, and you know, my family and my kids are growing up, and it's all these fleeting moments that I'm never going to have a chance to relive. And I'm a photographer, and I don't take pictures of those important people in my life like I should. And it just like dawned on me recently that like I'm chasing the human spirit, and I also need to chase what's going on around me in my life every day. And it's tough, you know, when you work in the industry to, you know, remember to shoot when you're at home in the evening or whatever. But, you know, that's, that's what, that's the stories I want to tell. I want to tell stories about life, you know, on a very, very personal level and, you know, challenges and struggles and um, happiness and, um, you know, in a, in a, more marketable way I want to show just a different dynamic to people that it's not just a band standing there with their arms crossed or an actor you know in a suit and tie just it needs to my work needs to come to life and there needs to be life and it needs to breathe you know that human spirit yeah it's interesting because um, I could see I think that maybe answers my earlier question of maybe where you're headed next within your work. Because I can, looking at your portfolio, I see that you've become very technically proficient at lighting and composite work and things like that. And so with this conversation, to me, it feels like you're, it seems like your next step is to really try to marry a humanness, like a real human kind of spirit, humanity type of thing, with this very like mechanical, otherworldly process that you do, and I'm kind of sandwiching those. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I don't know if I figured that out. <laughs> On the grander, yeah, um, yeah. I mean that that is very accurate. Okay, but I have like all the answers to like huh. I don't yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> like I don't I don't know how I'm gonna do that. Yeah. It's going back to saying like you know I'm I'm at I'm at a place where I and it's when you say I'm you know I'm technically proficient, like I say to myself, yeah, I'm alright, but I have like so farther to go to growing into that that you explained. Right. A long time. You know. Yeah. Well, it seems, I mean, I think one of the keys to being an artist or a photographer or really anything, I mean, even running just any sort of business, is identifying what problem you're trying to solve and being able to um, really know what that is so you can really wrestle with it and get at the problem and solve it um, versus I just want to take some kick-ass pictures. Yeah. Like, well, what? That doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, you need to get a little deeper than that. So, but having a problem of like, well, how do I marry conceptual composite work, but also with something that feels human and real, of which you often see in like documentary work that's not processed or anything heavily. Um, you know, if you if there's a way to solve that successfully, then I would think you would have a really unique body of work, and that would lead you down some really interesting avenues. You know. Um, but that's not an easy problem to solve, but I think it's one that's worth exploring because if you can figure out for you what that answer is, I think your work will definitely jump up about four or five levels, you know? Yeah. Is that, if that makes sense. So I just don't know how to bridge that gap right now. And, 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 you know, to be honest with you, and I'm okay not being able to like figure that out. Yeah. Like I don't, like, I don't need to be great anytime soon 
it's going to take me years to to improve you know to to grow with my craft and to improve what i'm doing yeah no but i think that's good i mean i think that's the the it's that process you have to constantly think about which is you know it's more i mean for as much as i think as photographers we really love like getting that final image of getting whatever is in our head and then I was being able to translate that into something physical, like we can print out on paper or whatever, or see on a screen. Um, I think just enjoying the, the process of fighting through that needs to be the most enjoyable part of it, you know? So. I think your audio cut out there for a second. There you go. Here we go. Awesome! <laughs> Here, <laughs> mic down. <laughs> to me, PBR Street. How many is that today? Uh, five. <laughs> One point five. So yeah, I, it, I mean, that's a tough question. Like, how do I bridge that gap? I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever know, but I need to like constantly move towards that goal. You know. Yeah, which is good. Um, as we're kind of wrapping up, obviously, you're uh, involved with the gathering, mm-hmm. trying to make that thing happen. Uh, while you're getting a beer, I mentioned that we're at the 10,000 mark today, so happy dance. So yeah. we're about 10, to about 10% there, not quite, maybe about 8% there, so... <laughs> I broke my headphones. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty awesome that, you know, you kind of broke that, that mark. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask um, just why you're involved with the gathering and then what specifically that you're going to be teaching there. Because as people, as we wrap up the last 21 days, people are going to be, you know, trying to decide between workshops. And so... Um, I think people want to know kind of specifically what you're going to be getting into and just your motivation for being involved. Um, yeah, my motivation for being involved is um, I love going uh, with Musea. I love everything that it stands for. Um, I think that it strips away this uh, glossy veneer um, that like surrounds the industry. And I think that the the nuts and bolts of it um, gets back to reanalyzing and re-envisioning who we are as creatives. And I think that so much of that is getting lost. Uh, and that's why, um, you know, from the very beginnings of Musea, um, you know, I've, I've known you a long time, dude. Um, but, uh, you know, everything that you've, you've stood for and everything that Musea stands for um, aligns itself more and more with who I'm growing into as a creative. And I think it's something special and not many people, you know, people don't want to acknowledge going down the hard route. You know, it's like you trying to um, reach your goals with Musea. It's the hard route, but you're doing it and you're pursuing it. And um, it's hard to come by these days. That that attitude or that that um, you know that that ideas. It's people don't want to work hard. So I, I like it that you're out there um, instilling. You know, let's let's think a little bit more about who we are and where we're headed. You know, as creatives, as business people, and you know, just kind of stripping away that that glossy veneer that you see sometimes within the industry. You know, I'm me on a personal level. I'm over and done with that. So, um, as far as my workshop um, at uh, at the gathering is essentially, um, you know, re- it, it, part of the goal of what I want to do is re-inspire photographers, um, help them uh, reevaluate who they are as photographers, have them think about their vision, and. Um, enhance some basic skill sets that so many people um, 
you know, can't quite wrap the, their heads around, um, you know, uh, lighting and, you know, some, some of the basics of um, connecting with, uh, connecting with the, the subjects that you're working with and, um, you know, creating, creating something more from your work than just making an average uh, subpar photograph, you know, it needs to be amazing. And I think that I also bring a little bit of humility to it that, you know, we're not, every frame we take as photographers isn't amazing. We're going to make mistakes, but we need to be able to learn from our mistakes and grow from, um, grow from those learning experiences um, to be better at what we do. You know, it's, it's important. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to bring to the table um, with this workshop. So come to my workshop, please, people. <laughs> awesome. Cool, man. I'm excited to, yeah, I'm excited to have you and appreciate those comments. That's, uh, that's awesome. It means a lot. So thank you for that. Um, cool, man. Well, I think that was good. I think it was good doing a uh, bit of a little off the cuff this evening. It was broken headphones. No, there's break broken headphones, a dropped mic. Uh, so that's like this because it's the only way to do it. Yeah. There's no, no cuts, no behind the scenes. No. <laughs> cool. Well, dude, thanks so much. Um, and hopefully this will turn out good and we won't have to do this a third time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, and hopefully, yeah, the next two million days we'll get this gathering pushed through and We'll have a cool event in Nashville in February. So thanks so much for coming on. It was good. My pleasure.